Dalinar glanced away from the window, catching Navani's eye. She smiled. She always claimed that she wasn't a scholar, but a patron of scholars. She said her place was to encourage and guide the real scientists. Anyone who saw the light in her eyes as she took out another sheet and sketched her idea further knew she was being too modest. She began another sketch and then stopped and glanced to the side where she had set out a span read. The ruby was blinking. Fen, Dalinar thought. The Queen of Thalina had asked that, in this morning's high storm, Dalinar sent her into the vision of a Hariadam, which she knew about from the published accounts of Dalinar's visions. He'd reluctantly sent her alone, without supervision. They'd been waiting for her to speak of the event, to say anything. In the morning, she hadn't replied to their requests for a conversation. Navani prepared the span read, then set it writing. It scribbled for only a brief moment. That was short, Delinar said, stepping forward. Only one word, Navani said. She looked up at him. Yes. Dalinar heaved out a long breath. She was willing to visit Urethiru. Finally. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 3 Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 50 and 51 of Oathbringer. If you haven't caught up on your reading or you've picked the wrong episode, make sure that you go back and do the things that you know you need to do. And the other thing you need to do, yeah, it's going to be a pretty short one. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he's been thoroughly vetted by the Ghostbloods, so he's allowed to be here with us today. It's Jack. What's up, man? (laughs) How are you? How are you today? I'm good, dude. I'm so glad the Ghostbloods deemed you okay enough to worthy? be part of this thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ghostblood worthy. Yeah. Um. I'm so this Shash thirty seven. Yeah, the first chapter. Um. What's that? The first chapter. The first chapter. Yeah. yeah. Um. I was kind of hoping for room two three seven. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> uh, it's a little creepy though. It's a little creepy, but yeah. it was it, it it was close. Um, what do you think? Like, what was your take on these two chapters? Because for me, it seemed a little, little light. I in I'll terms be honest, of the content, a little bit light, sort of bland. To, to be honest, like you know, we've been really lucky having these chapters kind of get grouped together. You know, yeah. we had that one episode where we had like you know the return of Moash. We had um, yes. List, and we also had mm-hmm. um, a te- the Teft POVs, and those three worked really great together because those right. are the three characters that we missed and we wanted to learn about. But then sometimes you get duds. Like I don't think the episode's going to be a dud, but I think that the chapters no. <laughs> are a little bit duddy. You know, it could be a little duddy today. But well, okay. Where's Duddy? Is that the new? Is that the new pod Where, saying? Where's Duddy? <laughs> Where's the Duddy? <laughs> um, 
this this chapter in particular, chapter 50, mm-hmm. Shash 37, I think my highlight is the beginning here. The epigraph? Yeah. Okay, so before, hold on, before we get into because, it. I, because at least it, 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 in a few words, it dumps <clears throat> all of this stuff, and I'm yeah. like, what? It's like a little bit like, of a lore dump, hey. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I, it's 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 a it's a it's a doozy. I do want to. It's a it's a doozer. Uh, though uh, I did want to say to you, um, this is sidebar sidebar. We're really off track mm-hmm. here, okay. but um, mm-hmm. we have my kids somehow signed us up for three free months of Apple Plus by accident. Okay. I don't know how they yeah. did that, mm-hmm. but we found that there's a brand new Fraggle Rock on Apple Plus. What brand new? No. Yeah. Brand new Fraggle Rock. And my kids are like, what are those little green guys? I'm like, guys, that's the Doozers. The Doozers. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to let you know that there's a new Fraggle oh, Rock in town. Yeah. On all Apple this, Plus. So all I have the to, same I have characters, to too. It's not like a reimagining. It's all the same characters. The only person nice. that's not around is Doc, the human. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but his granddaughter owns the shop. And has a new puppy and, or pet? No, there's. A, I think it's the same dog. Sprocket? Yeah, I think Sprocket's still alive. No. Yeah, I think he drank, like, immortal juice or something. Anyways, okay, this is <laughs> sidebar. Side, sidebar. Okay, now back from the side sidebar, I want to go to the sidebar, <coughs> the first sidebar that I started here. Okay, the first bar. Um, It was brought to my attention on Reddit by our friends who listen to the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Remember the episode we did a couple episodes ago where Renarn came into that um, meeting of scholars and he was really nervous and then Dalinar yes. ended up coming in to head kind of down. show support and he had his head down and he was mm-hmm. holding a chain. Do you remember? Yep. And we were like, what is that? It's the same chain Adolin uses when he's preparing his duel. It's their mother's chain. Cool. So they share it amongst each other when yeah. they need it for luck or for, for comfort. Yeah, that's cool. Isn't that cool? cool? Yeah. yeah, that's great. I kind of forgot about that chain because I, too. I equate it with Adolin's dueling. And so mm-hmm. apparently Adolin lent it or it was Renarin's turn to have it because he was going into a fight too and he needed some luck. That's wow. Neat, eh? I want a chapter called The Chain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, with a, a little uh, Fleetwood Mac. A little in the, Fleetwood. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. All right, Kate, we can begin now. Okay, Sorry, I wanted to so let's, let's begin. This is my highlight, I think. For chapter 50, Shash 37 of Oathbringer, mm-hmm. we also instruct that you should not return to Oberdai. Mm-hmm. So right there, Oberdai. Mm-hmm. Do we, have we had that term before? Never. No. No. And it's not even a place on Roshar because the next sentence says so. Yeah, we have claimed that world and a new avatar of our being is being is beginning to manifest there. So, new avatar of our being? Like, yeah. what is going on? Like, well, I, the more and more we read these epigraphs, the more larger than life they're sounding. Yeah, clearly. She is young yet, and as a precaution, she has been instilled with an intense and overpowering dislike of you. Yeah, the receiver of the letter of who these, is of the letter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. I, I love Oberdai. I love this avatar manifesting. Oberdai kind of sounds like another world or something It like is. That. Well, it says we have claimed that world. That world, right, right. It's not like a land or a realm. It's a world. They're talking about like a yeah. celestial planet. You know what yeah. I mean? That's uh, really cool. 
celestial as in no i meant more like the, uh like cosmic like like you yeah. know there's it's not like um you know uh, uh shadesmar is a realm within roshar. roshar roshar is like has these three realms right the physical the spiritual and the you know what i mean so um this is like saying that this is a completely different place altogether right it's so cool man Part of the Cosmere, right? Yeah, part of the Cosmere. Yeah, things are opening okay. up for you a little bit. It's there you so go. It's so s- silly because normally, if you were to read this normally, you would yeah. already kind of know some of this stuff. Getting to the uh, the Stormlight Archive, if you were, oh, if I had read yeah, other things prior, like, hey, I'm thinking oh, about okay. reading Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere. Where do I start? Right. People do I would start? tell you sure. start at Mistborn or start with Elantris or you know right. they would never right. tell you just read the Stormlight just Archive the Stormlight and Archive. be completely okay. confused. <laughs> They'd never tell you that. Right. right? Okay. So. so well, that's really neat to and so just from that that yeah, I think that's my highlight for for this for this chapter. Great. You know what? The, because it, this chapter needs it. <laughs> It needs it. Well, Oberdie is is pretty cool, and I I like this manifestation, the avatar, and and this avatar, she is young, Mm -hmm. and as a precaution, she's young and has been instilled with an overpowering dislike of you. I don't know. It's just, I love all of that. It's just, there's so much to think about. I just love it all. So that's my highlight. That's great. That's awesome. So to Dalinar, flying felt much like being on a ship in the ocean. There was something profoundly disconcerting disconcerting about being out on the ocean, subject to the winds and the currents. Men didn't control the waves. They merely set out and prayed that the ocean didn't decide to consume them. Mm-hmm. So Dalinar's not a terribly big fan of being out on the waves. No. He's voicing here that he's concerned about control, and he also voices a similar concern over being in the air. Right, he's like he's clearly a stone person. Yeah. Like yeah. he likes to feel grounded, yeah. feet on the earth. Right. Yeah, that's clearly his thing. Yeah, I could see like beads of sweat rolling down his brow right now. Yeah, like, he's oh, out God. of his element. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so flying alongside Captain Kaladin provoked some of the same emotions in Dalinar. On one hand, the view over the Shattered Plains was magnificent. He felt he could almost see the pattern that Shalon had mentioned earlier. This is great. I love that they're flying together. This mm-hmm. is awesome imagery. Um, I can imagine, uh, you know, an entire score in my mind as yeah. they're doing this. Um, so I love it. And I love it even more that he's not that comfortable with it. Right. Yeah, it's I, great. I, it makes me think of the scene in uh, Superman, the movie. Um, oh, when, the, the, you know, the original? S- Superman and Lois are flying and, mm-hmm. and she's like a little bit nervous, but is also like, this is amazing, but it's like, if, amazing. if it's like if Lois or Clark had invited like three extra friends and they're all, <laughs> they're, <laughs> and all they're all doing together. it. Right. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, this kind of travel was deeply unnatural. The winds buffeted them. And if you moved your hands or arched your back the wrong way. You were sent in a different direction from everyone else. Kaladin had to constantly zip back and forth, writing one of them that had gone off course or blown off course. And if you looked down and paused to consider exactly how high up you were, that sentence is ellipsist. Yeah. 
Like you don't even think about it. Don't even don't finish even the think sentence. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, don't even finish that sentence. So I love that. That actually yeah. is a little mini highlight yeah, of mine. Is that little ellipsis it really because is it's great. like, and if you and if you were gonna think about this, about how happy you were, <laughs> ellipsis. We're, yeah, I'm not finishing that sentence because yeah. we're not even going there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dalinar was not a timid man, but he was still glad of Navani's hand in his. On his other side flew Elokar, and beyond him were Kadash, a pretty young Ardent who served as one of Navani's, and a pretty young Ardent who served as one of Navani's scholars. Mm-hmm. The five of them were escorted by Kaladin and his ten squires. The Windrunners had been trailing steadily for three weeks now, and Kaladin had finally, after practicing by flying groups of soldiers back and forth to, work, to the war camps, agreed to treat Dalinar and the king to a similar trip. Mm-hmm. It's like being on a ship, Dalinar thought. What would it feel like to be up there during a high storm? That was how Kaladin planned to get to Elokar's team, uh, to get Elokar's team to Kolinar, mm-hmm. to fly them at the leading edge of a storm, so his stormlight was continually renewed. This is brilliant. I love this from Kaladin. You know, we we saw it, him discover it when he was leaving the um, the encampments of uh, where the Parshmen were. Where right. he was all like, "Oh shit! If I'm like at the head of the storm or in the storm, I'm constantly being renewed by stormlight." Renewed. Yeah, right. it's like it's like having like this gigantic battery that never needs to be <laughs> yes. feeling. You know what I mean? That's it. <clears throat> yeah, it's a. Um... What's it now? It's a pocket juice. It's a big uh, flying... <laughs> it's like, oh shit, my phone's about to die. Yeah. Plug in that pocket juice. <laughs> pocket juice. <laughs> it's a whole... It's just, In fact, that's what they find out that, that, that the storm is completely comprised of. It's a bunch of pocket juices. It's just a bunch of floating around. pocket juices. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> or it's a bunch of Duracell batteries in there. Just yeah, like it's the, the, the Almighty was the uh, Energizer Bunny. That's right. Um, I'm thinking of how you treat ships. Oh, sorry, I'm skipping this. Um, continually renewed. Then he, th- then he thinks you're thinking of me. The Stormfather sent. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. So he, because Dalinar is thinking about the storm, and then he starts thinking about the Stormfather. Yeah, and then he says, "I'm thinking of how you treat ships." Right. Dalinar whispered, his physical voice lost to the winds, yet his meaning was carried unhampered to the Stormfather. Right. Men should not be upon the waters during a storm. Men are not of the waves. Right. And the sky, Dalinar asks, are men of the sky? Some are, he said this grudgingly. Yeah, and we know because Kaladin is of the skies. Right. He said it before. This is where right. I was meant always to be is up in the skies. Right. It's awesome. But the Stormfather being is it like is the Stormfather kind of jealous about this? Maybe. I, I in think, a way. I think he's kind of digging Dalinar too. He's like, some are of the skies. Yeah. Meaning some are of you the skies. are not. Yeah. You are yeah, not. Yeah, you you are not. You're oh, it's a dig. Not. <laughs> <laughs> not you, not you, Dalinar. Yeah. Um Dalinar could only imagine how terrible it must be to get a sailor out at sea during a storm. He had taken only short coast-wise trips by ship. No, wait, he thought. There was one, of course. A trip to the valley. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that you know also has an ellipsis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He barely remembered that voyage, though he could not blame that solely upon the Night Watcher. Right. 
Was that his alcoholism that uh, was burying that? I think that? so, because right around mm-hmm. that time is when he's, he was a drunk. He was drunk right. all the time trying to forget the things he asked the Night Watcher to help him forget. Right. So Kaladin swoops over. He was the only one who seemed truly in control of his flying. Even his men flew more like dropped rocks than sky eels. Mm-hmm. They lacked his finesse and his control. Though the others could help if something went wrong, Kaladin had been the only one lashing Dalinar and the others. He said he wanted practice for the eventual flight to Kolinar. Mm-hmm. So, so part of me with this, with these chapters, is just you know I'm just so anxious. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm wanting to get there. Right. So as I was reading this, I'm like, okay, well, well come you, on, like we've been, we've been putting a, this together. You've expressed very much so that you're really excited for this mission to Kolinar. I am. And they yes. keep talking yeah. about it and they keep like, there's pieces of it building here and there. Like we yeah. see a little bit later with Shalon or whatever. Um, I just want it though. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, look, we get it. You have to travel. Okay. Yeah. Let's spend a paragraph on it and, three and weeks go of practice and shit. And, yeah. 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 I'm just wanting it so bad that yeah. I just, at this point it's like, okay, okay. We've got to lash them there. Okay. Fine. The yeah. journey, the ships, we got it. We get it. We get it. Let's go. Let's get, Let's there get the already, band yeah. together. Let's chop, chop. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to get there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll admit my impatience a little bit with these two chapters. Mm-hmm. I, I will admit that. Yeah, that's because cool. it's that's just, understandable. it's, it's more travel development and you anyways. probably feel it even more than a normal reader because a normal reader will just be able to read this for an hour and then get to the next chapters and continue reading until they get right. to the part they really want. Right. But I that's am fair. literally putting you up in the Iron yeah, Maiden. I'm, I'm putting you on the rack, torturing you week <laughs> after week going, no, 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 two chapters a week, please. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So maybe that uh, sort of colors my uh, opinion of these, um, of these two chapters. Yeah, you can fair just blame enough. me. Blame me on it. I'll blame you. Okay. Um, okay, so he wanted practice for the eventual flight to Kolinar. Kaladin touched Elokar, and the king started to slow down. Kaladin then moved down the line, slowing each of them in turn. He then swept them up so they were close enough to speak. His soldiers stopped and floated nearby. What's wrong? Dalinar asks, trying to ignore that he was hanging hundreds of feet in the air. Nothing's wrong, Kaladin said. Then he pointed. With the wind in his eyes, Dalinar had failed to spot the war camps. Ten crater-like circles arrayed along the northwestern edge of the Shattered Plains. From up here, it was obvious that they had been domes, the way their walls curved like cupping fingers from underneath. Two of the camps were still fully occupied, and Sabariel had set up forces to lay claim to the nearby forest. Dalinar's own war camp was less populated, but had a few platoons of soldiers and some workers. Sabariel, love it. Yep. Just love that he's mentioned, and again, he's being, you know, he's being uh, industrious. Yes. He wants to claim this this nearby forest. Because they need the wood, they need the resources. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so quick indeed, Elikar says, with regards to... No, I skipped a paragraph. Navani says, we arrived so quickly. Her hair was a wind-tussled mess, much of it having escaped her careful braid. Elokar hadn't fared much better. His hair sprayed out from his face like waxed Thalen eyebrows, and the two Ardents, of course, were bald and didn't have such worries. Mm -hmm. 
Quick indeed, he says, this is the most promising for our mission. See, again, the mission, I, like it keeps getting mentioned, you know, the mission, mm-hmm. it's coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, let's let's get to let's it. Let's go. Let's get to it. Yeah. Yeah, Kaladin said, I still want to test it more in front of the storm. He took the king by the shoulder and Elokar started to drift downward. Kaladin sent them down, each in turn, and when his feet finally touched stone again, Dalinar heaved a sigh of relief. They were only one plateau over from the war camp where a soldier at a watch post waved to them with exaggerated movements, and within minutes, a troop of Colin soldiers had surrounded them. Let's get you inside the walls, Bright Lord, their Captain Lord said, hand on the pommel of his sword. The shellheads are still active out here. Have they attacked this close to the war camps? Elokar asks. No, but that doesn't mean that they won't, Your Majesty. So, very prepared. I like mm. this little reminder that yeah. Dalinar's troops are always ready. One of the things I like about this is the presence that's still in the war camps. Like, we kind of take for right. granted that, like, all this stuff is happening in Urethiru, and, like, everyone's moved there, but not everyone has. And there's still, like, it might no. not be the bustling um, city or, or, or establishment that it was before, but the war camps still have people. There's still stuff going on here. You know, and we find out, I don't know if it's this chapter or next. I think it's this chapter. We find out that, that Navani, if she had what she wanted, she would make this more permanent. Right. She wants to make something out of the Shattered Plains. Right. Well, this close to Narok and the, um, and the, yeah. the, the Oath Gate, it's kind of important for them to still have a presence, I think. Yeah. You just don't want anyone to be able to take that over. Right. It's just dangerous with the, with the storms. Mm-hmm. Because you're so exposed. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so Dalinar wasn't so worried, but said nothing as the soldiers ushered him and the others into the war camp where Brightness Jasalai, the tall, stately woman Dalinar had put in charge of the camp, met and accompanied them. After spending so much time in the alien hallways of Urethiru, walking through this place, which had been Dalinar's home for five years, was relaxing. Part of that was finding the war camp mostly intact. It had weathered the Everstorm quite well. Most of the buildings were stone bunkers, and that western rim of the former dome had provided a solid windbreak. Mm-hmm. My only worry, he told Jasalai, after a short tour, is about logistics. This is a long march from Narak and the Oathgate. I fear that by dividing our forces among Narak, here and Urethiru, we're increasing our vulnerability to an attack. This is very true. Splitting up the troops. Mm-hmm. That is true, Bright Lord, the woman said. I endeavor only to provide you with options. Unfortunately, they would probably need this place for farming operations, not to mention the lumber. Plateau runs for gem hearts couldn't sustain the lowers, the tower's city population forever, particularly in the face of Shallan's assessment that they had likely hunted chasm fiends near to extinction. Remember, this is from, this is a, a theory of hers from before in the Words of Radiance book when she was like, you know, this might get me on the Shattered Plains. If I come up with right. something to study, I can get out there and I can look for the Oath Gate. This is when all this was all circumstantial. She didn't really have any, but she did guess properly. She did th- think that chasm fiends were probably getting extinct because they were hunting them too much they weren't giving them a chance to rebuild their population up of course yeah dalinar glanced at navani she thought they should 
find a new, sorry, she thought that they should found a new kingdom here on and around the Shattered Plains, import farmers, retire old soldiers, start production here on a much larger scale than they'd ever tried before. Interesting that that's kind of what Navani would prefer. Like, doesn't sound like, doesn't sound like Navani wants to be permanently in Uruthiru. In my mind, this seems like a good idea because of the fact that they have to protect the Oathgate. And right. for the Oathgate so well build around it. and for the war camps to be so separate right. that if they kind of really made these two little areas into one new kingdom, then they could right. have this population there to back up a larger army and a new area so that this way it could protect itself. It could be self-sustaining. Others disagreed, however, with Navani. There was a reason the unclaimed hills weren't densely inhabited. It would be a harsh life here. Mm-hmm. Rock buds, sorry, rock buds were smaller. The crops would be less productive. And founding a new kingdom during a desolation it was better to protect what they had. Alethkar could probably feed Urthiru, but that depended on Kaladin and Elokar recovering the capital. Mm-hmm. That connection two- of Oathgate from Alethkar to Urethiru is so important right now. That's why mm. this mission that we keep talking about, the one that you're so anxious to get to, yeah, is to get. so important because the the Shattered Plains cannot be the... And they have Yakaved, right? And yep. eventually there they look like they might be getting Thalina too because at some point here yeah. in this chapter we're going to get Queen Fen, yeah, Fen responding. But responds, if they could yes. have the resources yeah. that Al- uh, Alethkar can provide Urethiru, then they're really talking. Because the Shattered Plains, there's not enough going on over there to supply all these people. Ever flung a whodunit across the room on the grounds of incompetent sleuthing? Ian Pierce hasn't. Because he's never read a whodunit in his life. He still boasts that he could solve one, though. Listen and learn as this self-appointed crime guru attempts to guide a private investigator to the truth in an original murder mystery written by Tom Knight. Welcome to The Directed Detective. The tour ended with a meal at Dalinar's bunker in his former sitting room, which looked bare now and most of the furniture rugs had been removed and brought to Urethiru. After the meal, he found himself standing by the window, feeling oddly out of place. He'd left this war camp only ten weeks ago, but the place was at once deeply familiar and also no longer his. Mm-hmm. Behind him, Navani and her scribe ate fruit as they chatted quick, uh, quietly over some sketches that Navani had done. Oh, but I think that the others need to experience that brightness, the scribe said. The flight was remarkable. How fast do you think we were going? I believe we might have attained a speed that no human has reached since the recreants. Think about that, Navani. Surely we were faster than the fastest horse or ship. Focus, Rushu, Navani says, my sketch. This is Rushu again, another one of her scribes, very capable, very smart, was one of the ones that helped her in the last book to figure a bunch of stuff out. So you can't, if you're scribing and you're scholaring, you might want to have Rushu with you. (laughs) 
I don't think this math is right, brightness. No, that sail will never stand. It's not meant to be completely accurate, Navani says, just a concept. My question is, can it work? We'll need more reinforcement. Yes, more reinforcement for certain. And then the steering mechanism. Definitely work to do there. This is clever, though, brightness. Falilar needs to see it. He will be able to say whether or not it can be built. So we get a name here. Mm-hmm. And is this a shipbuilder? Yeah, he, some kind of Artifabrian shipbuilder, some kind of engineer mm. for sure. That's cool. Because these the, flying ships, I want to see these things too, in action. Too, oh, yeah. boy. I mean, yeah. Spelljammer, let's go. Why, <laughs> That's like, it. Like, you know, this is the Cosmere. Let's build one that can go to space. Seriously, let's go. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That would be amazing. Wait, wait a sec. Do characters from this interact with other characters from the Cosmere? What do you mean? Like, do characters interact between uh, worlds, I guess? Um, like, do you mean, you are there, like, people you can't who are, one. like, hopping around from world to world? Um, yeah, like, either that, either en- entities that are... Well, it sounds like the, this conversation that's happening at the beginning of these chapters sounds are like it, right? exactly that. Mm-hmm. Like visitors from this place and that place, mm. and there seem to be. I'm going to give you a coordinating tiny little or... hint. This is not ruining anything. This is not a spoiler. Yeah. But if you read carefully mm-hmm. in the script, in the book, you will notice that there are people who just don't seem to fit. Like wit. Yeah, wit, wit definitely doesn't seem to fit anywhere. No, he doesn't seem to fit. There are people who don't seem to fit. And I'll just say that by the way they look, by the way they speak, there's just some people that just don't seem to fit this world. I'll just say that. Well, that's what Dalinar is saying. He feels odd here. Yeah. Well, Dalinar feels odd here, but what I'm saying is that if you're asking, oh. are there, are, is there people traveling from world to world? Yeah. There might be evidence of that in the books. We don't really know that for sure, but there are people that are on Roshar that just don't seem to fit this place. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So going forward, maybe, hmm. maybe, uh, take maybe we can a, spot take some of that. of that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I like about this thing here, um, is <clears throat> usually when we get these sketches in these books, it's mm-hmm. Shalon doing a sketch, but that sketch with the ships, right. with the sails underneath the ships. That's a Navani Navani. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I yeah. love that, you know, and, and the next chapter, in the next paragraph here, he, uh, Dalinar is going to say, like, you know, she doesn't see herself as a scholar. She sees herself yet, as a patron, but she's yeah. she's got a sketch in the book, so she's one of the scholars, yeah. right? Like, That's right. Yeah. Well, she's very modest. Mm-hmm. Um, focus, Rushu, my sketch. Okay, so she has things to say. Falalar will need to see these these drawings and to see to say whether or not it can be built. Dalinar glanced away from the window and catching Navani's eye, and she smiled. She always claimed that she wasn't a scholar, but a patron of scholars. She said her place was to encourage and to guide the real scientists. Mm-hmm. Anyone who saw the light in her eyes as she so, uh, took out another sheet and sketched her idea further knew that she was being too modest. Mm-hmm. She began another sketch, but then stopped and glanced to the side where she'd set out a span read, and the ruby was blinking. Mm-hmm. I love these blinking 
the span, span reads, reads that so are in cool. this. It's just it creates a sense of urgency. Yeah. Like what's going on? Like, oh man, I love it's it. like a, it's like I think you made the 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 joke before that it's like these old timey telephone, like please hold, yeah. Like calling yeah, please Brooklyn, call. please hold. You know what I mean? Like there's someone in Tashik who is receiving the message and saying, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll write you to Reshi Isles. And then now they're, yeah. they're writing in another book, right. writing the message. Yeah, I love it. It's really cool. Fen Dalinar thought the queen of Thelena had asked that in this morning's high storm, Dalinar send her into the vision of Hariatayim. I'm, I'm, I'm probably butchering that name. I've again. literally said it wrong every single time I've said Hariatium? it. Hariatium? That one is going to take me some time. Which she knew about from the published accounts of Dalinar's visions, but he'd reluctantly sent her alone without supervision mm-hmm. into this vision. And he hasn't done so that before. Queen. As far as we mm-hmm. know, he's never sent anyone into a vision by themselves. Alone, yeah. right. They'd been waiting for her to speak of the event, to say anything. In the morning, wait a sec, if you've been sent alone, maybe you've been given a different perspective or a different instruction. Um, I think the visions are the same. Okay. I don't think okay. the visions change at all. They change okay. in so much that you, when you interact with them, they adapt themselves to still give you the same information that needs to, to give you. Okay. But I don't think that her being in there is... Will produce anything largely if, different. If it would have, if there was a chance that something bad could come of it, the Stormfather would not have allowed it, I don't think. Right. Because Dalinar still needs the Stormfather to do it, right? Okay. Um, in the morning, she hadn't replied to their requests for a conversation. This is Queen Fen. Mm-hmm. Navani prepared the span read and then set it writing. And it scribbled for only a brief moment. Well, that was short, Dalinar says. It's only one word, Navani says. She looked up at him, and she says yes. Dalinar heaved out a long breath. She was willing to visit Urthiru, finally. Mm-hmm. So we have Queen Thelena agreeing to come to Urthiru. Right. This is a good first step. Yep. Tell her we'll send her a radiant. He left the window, watching as she replied. In her sketch pad, he caught sight of some kind of ship-like contraption, but with the sail on the bottom. What in the world, he thinks? So even he hasn't seen this yet? No. Weird. I would have thought Navani would have shared... I think she's kind of private about her stuff, right? Like, she's private about her her scholarly work and stuff. Fenn seemed content to leave the conversation there, and Navani returned to her discussion of engineering, so Dalinar slipped from the room, and he passed through his bunker, which felt hollow, like the rind of a fruit with the pulp scooped out. Mm-hmm. That's my little literary highlight, Yeah, eh? is the hollowed out like the fruit uh, yeah. without the pulp. No servants scuttling back and forth, no soldiers. Kaladin and his men had gone off somewhere, and Kadash was probably at the camp monastery, He'd been keen to get there, and Dalinar had been gratified by his willingness to fly with Kaladin. They hadn't spoken much since their confrontation in the sparring room. Perhaps seeing the Windrunner's power firsthand would improve Kadash's opinion of the Radiance. Dalinar was surprised and secretly pleased to find that no guards had been posted at the bunker's back door. He slipped out alone and headed to the War Camp Monastery. He wasn't looking for Kadash. 
he had another purpose. Mm-hmm. So in terms of he was to find that there, that there were no guards guarding the back door. Um, it, it says that he was, he was what, partly pleased about this? Pleased why? Because resources weren't, weren't being wasted to guard the back door? I guess or so. like, like, what I do you think? Hmm. He soon arrived at the monastery, which looked like most of the war camp, a collection of buildings with the same smooth, rounded construction. Crafted from the air by Alethi soul casters, this place had a few small hand-built buildings of cut stone, and they looked more like bunkers than places of worship. Dalinar had never wanted his people to forget that they were at war. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Me too. I love that he consciously wanted these, this area to look like a bunker, to not let people forget. Like, don't... It's almost like Dalinar is like, don't get lost in hope. Right. You know? It has to do with the codes, right? It has to do with being in uniform all the time and making sure you're ready during wartime. Keep to the reality that is presented in front of you. Mm -hmm. You're at war. Yeah. Well, this place Um, was built. I don't know. These war camps were built because, well, it's right in the name. They're war camps. Yeah. This isn't a resort. This isn't a place for leisure and for They're pleasure. not happy camps. These are war camps. <laughs> These are not happy camps. <laughs> he strolled through the campus and found that without a guide, he didn't know his way among the, sorry, among the nearly identical structures. Mm-hmm. He stopped in a courtyard between buildings. The air smelled of wet stone from the high storm and a nice group of shalebark sculptures rose to his right, shaped like sacks of square plates. The only sound was water dripping from the eaves of the buildings. Hmm. He, he should know his way around his own monastery, shouldn't he? How often did you actually visit here during all the years in the war camps? He'd meant to come more often and talk to the Ardens in his chosen devotery. There had always been something more pressing, though, and besides, the Ardents stressed that he didn't need to come. They had prayed and burned glyph wards on his behalf, that was why High Lords owned Ardents. Even during his darkest days of war, they'd assured him that in pursuing his calling, capital C, by the way, mm-hmm. by leading his armies, he served the Almighty. This is an interesting thing here. Um, it's actually something that Buzzkill brings up later on in the info dump, but we can cover it now, mm. is that Dalinar sure. doesn't need to be religious. He's got right. people well, who are religious on his behalf by proxy. On his behalf, yeah. right. So I both like this and don't. It's very strange, right? Because it really speaks to, I think, what um, what Kadash is about to talk about with mm. Dalinar in this chapter, yeah. which is kind of like, well, if the Almighty's dead, then what was all that killing for, Dalinar? Right. Everything that you did that we prayed you can't on justify, your behalf for, right. you know, the call, your calling was leading your armies and being the butcher and being uh, the Blackthorn, right. and yeah. all of that means nothing then. You did it for nothing. Because you were like religiously anointed to be able to allowed to do that. But if the almighty has been dead this whole time, then you literally killed all those people for nothing. You're just a butcher. You're just a butcher. Yeah. Well, and also if there's no almighty, then it's just might. I have this thing where there's this whole, um, you know, the, the phrase or the adage or whatever, like might makes right. Right. You've heard of that. Mm -hmm. See, I, I prefer just the first two words. Might makes. Yeah. It's not that it's right. Mm-hmm. It's that might makes. 
So if you're if you're powerful and like Dalinar, if you're resourceful like Dalinar, you can you can do all these things. And if there is no Almighty, if there is no um, metaphysical component, right? Then it's just might makes it's right. and it's just one da- one time it's going to be this this type of Dalinar right. and another type it, it'll be another it'll be character a different similar. guy yeah. not named, named yeah. Dalinar but doing Person, the same thing yeah. yeah yeah I actually like that saying but I like changing it to Mike makes right because our friend Mike, Mike. is like the best dude we know right because <laughs> like, the craft masters uh, Craftmaster Mike is literally the best dude we know like I mean he really is Mike Mike S- makes such a good friend yeah. uh, so considerate and so Mike makes right is the one that I like to say because it's true I like that one better too <laughs> yeah I'm not saying I like what I was I'm not saying I like it I'm just saying that that's that's a thought that I've had with regards to no for uh, sure that no particular phrase yeah. um okay um dude water dripping I like this this sort of it gives him time to think I like mm-hmm. this setup going through going through an area he's like I should know this place but I don't you know, I don't know the monastery. I'm not close to the Ardens. I, I'm I'm in a place in my own war camp, and I'm not familiar here. Yeah. Hey, hey, like, you've got the water dripping. He's alone with his thoughts. Um, So I do like this this setup. Um, Dalinar stooped into a building that had been divided into many small rooms for prayers. He walked down a hallway until it stepped through a storm door into the atrium, which smelled faintly of incense. It seemed insane that the Ardens would be angry with him now after training him his whole life to do as he wished, mm-hmm. but he'd upset the balance. He'd rocked the boat. He moved among the <laughs> the, bra- the braziers, yeah, filled with wet ash. <laughs> Everyone liked... <laughs> remember that. Yeah. Everyone liked the system they had. The light eyes got to live without guilt or burden, always confident that they were active manifestations of God's will. The Dark Eyes got free access to training in a multitude of skills. The Ardents got to pursue scholarship, and the best of them lived lives of service. The worst lived lives of indolence. But what else were important light-eyed families going to do with unmotivated children? So this is like a way of explaining things away, right? Yeah, like a, a way bit. of keeping the order. Or... Or maintaining the, hierar- the hierarchy. Yeah, it's kind of a messed up system, to be, to be honest. Well, it's it's a system where you accept the hierarchy as is. Mm-hmm. This is the way it is. It's kind of fitting, so actually, you that, to, maintain that it. Moash's chapter is the next, right? Because Moash is all about yeah. destroying the system and wanting to see the system crumble. So yeah. it's kind of fitting that these two chapters actually I'm do loving the observations in the next chapter for Moash, observing the Voidbringers. Yeah. They're not burning the fields. Maybe the... Maybe these chapters aren't as, uh, what did we call them earlier? Uh, um, oh, they seemed a bit, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I'm just, I want the mission. I want to go. I Let's go. Do. I know you do. And, 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 and in thinking about both of these chapters, they were like just more set up. Yeah. Which is fine. Character uh, building you know. and stuff. And yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. I like it when we do that. Yeah. When we make little sounds There's a like bit that. Mirror. Mirror, mirror. <laughs> okay. The <laughs> A noise drew his attention, and he leaves the courtyard and looked into a dark corridor. Light poured from a room at the other end, and Dalinar was not surprised to find Kadash inside. The ardent was moving some ledgers and books from a wall, safe into a pack on the floor. On a desk nearby, a span reed scribbled. I do like the presence of span reeds. It's kind of like like seeing this like quill or something like that writing. Mm-hmm. 
It reminds it. It's it sort of got has vibes of Harry Potter for me. A little bit. There's yeah. something magical going on. It's being written, and it also, I don't know. It's like something, something could be urgent, mm-hmm. and it's in the room. And uh, I don't know. I, I I just like the I like the presence of these span reads. It's also like a, a reminder that something else is happening somewhere else. Right. Like in mm-hmm. D&D terms, we think, you know, like the, oh, the world, the rest of the world is frozen other than the yeah. dungeon that our characters are <laughs> right. in. But in reality, right. the, the world is moving on without those characters. Right. That's and this right. is kind of a reminder that the rest of the world is happening, even though Dalinar is here in these rooms, you know? Do we need to have this conversation again, Dalinar? He asked, turning his back to his packing. No, I didn't actually come looking for you. I want to find a man who used to live here. The madman who claimed to be one of the heralds. Ah, yes, Kadash says, the one who had a shard blade. All of the other patients at the monastery are accounted for, safe at Urithiru, but he vanished somehow. I was hoping to see if his room offered any clues to what became of him. Kadash looked at him, gauging his sincerity, then the ardent sighed. That's a different devotery from mine, he said, but I have occupancy records here. I should be able to tell you which room he was in. Thank you says Dalinar. Kadash looked through a stack of ledgers and says, he was in the Shash building, that one right there, room 37. Insa ran the facility, and her records will list details of the madman's treatment. If her departure from the war camp was anything like mine, she'll have left most of her paperwork behind. He gestured toward the safe and his packing. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dalinar says, moving to leave. You actually think the madman was a herald, don't you? I think it's likely. He spoke with a rural Alethi accent, Dalinar. And he looked Macabaki, Dalinar replied. That alone is an oddity, wouldn't you say? This is what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Remember earlier I said there's certain people that just don't seem to belong? They don't fit? Right. They don't fit. Talon is one of these guys. Right. Spoke Alethi. Looked right. Macabaki. Right. Doesn't seem to fit. Doesn't seem to fit. But he's not because he comes from another world. He he comes from another time. Right. Which is almost a different world. Sure. So yeah. the, he doesn't seem to fit. Hmm. Um, immigrant families are not so uncommon. Ones with shard blades. Kadash shrugged. Mm-hmm. Let's say I could actually find one of the heralds, Dalinar says. Let's say that we could confirm his identity and you accepted that proof. Would you believe him if he told you the same things I have? Kadash sighed. Mm -hmm. Surely you'd want to know if the Almighty were dead, Kadash. Tell me you wouldn't. You know what it would mean? It would mean there is no spiritual basis for your rule. Ah, Mm -hmm. an interesting response from Kadash. Right. Kadash is very confrontational, I find, with with Dalinar. Very kind of like, you're nothing without the Almighty to back you up. Right. If the Almighty's dead, then you're just a warmonger. You're nothing. And it, probably it, don't deserve your rule. It sort of makes sense because Kadash used to be one of his elites and then yeah. threw in with the Ardentia. And mm. now his whole identity is part of the Ardentia. So it would make sense that he would base everything on it. Because if he right. doesn't have that, then what is he? Then he's just a guy who slaughtered people alongside of Dalinar. Of Dalinar, this right? Ar- him being an ardent now oh, at least so validates what you're saying some is he of his. Also need- 
He needs it for himself right. as, just as much. Right. Right. Like the words he's saying to Dalinar could be the words he's saying to himself. Right. Hmm. And the things you did in conquering Althkar, Kadash asks. No divine mandate, Dalinar. Everyone accepts that what you did because of your victories were proof of the Almighty's favor. Without him, then what are you? Tell me, Kadash. Would you really rather not know? He looked at the span read, which had stopped writing. I don't know, Dalinar. It certainly would be easier. Isn't that the problem? What has any of this ever required of men like me? What has it required of any of us? Well, it required you to be what you are. Mm -hmm. Which is self-fulfilling, Dalinar says. You were a swordsman, Kadash. Would you have gotten better without opponents to face? Would you have gotten stronger without weights to lift? Well, in Voronism, we've spent centuries avoiding the opponents and the weights. Again, Kadash glanced at the span reed. What is it? Downer asks. I left most of my span reeds behind, Kadash explained. When I went with you toward the center of the Shattered Plains, I took only the span reed linked to an ardent transfer station in Kolinar. I thought that would be enough, but it no longer works. Right. I've been forced to use intermediaries in Tashik. We know so that getting... the, the span reeds don't work in, um, in Kolinar. In Kolinar. Yeah, we've right. already known that. Yeah. There's no information uh, getting out or in. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think about what Dalinar says here, just, just a bit earlier? Um, were you a great swordsman? Um, without the opponents to face, would you, is, can you declare yourself to be such? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of philosophical what, what, you're, what you're getting there. It kind of makes sense, right? I think so. Like, how are you supposed to get better if you have no one to practice against? Or even something to test yourself against? You can be in the gym and be a boxer your whole life and hit the pads and hit the the, the punching bag. But if the the punching bag doesn't punch back. Right. How are you not to know if you're good or not? Yeah, I know. It's kind of a, I think it's kind of a, yeah, it's a conundrum. Mm-hmm. I find to work that out. What's what's better to have the conflict so that you can establish oneself as a swordsman or as a boxer, as you just said? Yeah. Or is it better that the conflict isn't there at all? Yeah. And there's something else that we can be working on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Kadash lifted a box onto the desk and opened it. And inside were five more span reeds with blinking rubies indicating that someone had been trying to contact Kadash. Mm-hmm. I love this box yeah. of blinking. Bleep, 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 yeah. It's awesome. Again, it, as you said, it, the world is still going on. There, it's, it's just a, a reminder of other things, mm-hmm. you know, and I love the sense of urgency and I love the, that it's red rubies. It's yeah. almost like bad, new, bad news. Kind right, of. right. It's like the classic red telephone in uh, many... Um, Movies and TV shows, Batman. like the bad, bad <laughs> the old, news is coming. Yeah, there's the, yeah, the, there's the red telephone. Old Adam West Batman red phone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. These are links to the leaders of Voronism in Yaakoved, Herdaz, Carbrant, Thelena, and New Natanan, Kadash says. They had a meeting via reeds today, discussing the nature of the desolation and the Everstorm, and perhaps you. Mm-hmm. I, find, I find it funny how... 
when discussing desolation, the Everstorm, and Dalinar. It's like it's all linked. Well, they they feel like you know it is I mean? because Dalinar is saying the Almighty is dead. Dalinar right. is like I've seen visions from the all from the Almighty telling me that we need to unite and all this stuff. He's mm-hmm. kind of placed himself as this like messiah figure almost and he's this i love the fact that his name is as synonymous with all this stuff yeah 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 like when talking about the everstorm these map this big concept this Mm -hmm. big event you know dalinar is his name is as big as that Mm -hmm. and it's great because we've seen him be reluctant to all of it and then he's just like you know what I've got to do it because what line was it? <clears throat> there are no more good ones. There is only me. Yeah. There's only me. That's yeah. it. That's right. Cause there's, there's no one else. There's who, no one who's left to do, do it. this. It's only yeah. me that can. Yeah. All the good, all yeah. the good guys are dead. There's only me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really cool, dude. Yeah. And perhaps, and perhaps you, uh, I mentioned I was going to cover my own span reads today. Apparently their meeting has made them all very eager to question me further. He let the silence hang between them, measured out by the five blinking red lights. What of the one that is writing? Dalinar asks. It's a line to the Pelennium and the heads of Vorn research there. They've been working on the dawn chant, used, using the clues Brightness Devani gave them from your visions. What they've sent me are relevant passages from ongoing translations so yet Proof. again another group of people who are working on trying to translate the dawn chant right from what navani started recording with dalinar's right. translations we know that there's them there's um and there was an interlude with like elistra and she was in like some like commune and she remember she oh, was yeah. reading like kind of like romance novels. Well, yeah, her yeah. and that other guy who also reads the same romance novels, they started talking about translating the Dawn chant. So there's other artists, other places as well, also working right. on this. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. He calls it proof. Dalinar says, you wanted solid proof. What I've been seeing is real. He strode forward, grabbing Kadash by the shoulders. You waited for that read first, before answering the leaders of Voronism. I wanted all the facts in hand, so you know that the visions are real. I long ago accepted that you weren't mad. These days it's more a question of who might be influencing you. This, this isn't a good point Kadash makes, right? They don't get to see the visions. They don't get to feel what Dalinar feels or sees what he sees. Right. They believe, he believes him. Yeah, you, what you're seeing is real, but we got to make sure that what you're being told is good information. Right. Well, or just in general is good. Right. Because you might be being influenced for something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like this as well, uh, but Dalinar's response to this kind of questioning is, why would the Voidbringers give me these visions? Why would they grant us great powers? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming the us there are the radiance. Right. Like the one that flew us here. It's not rational, Kadash. Well, neither is what you're saying about the Almighty. He held up a hand to cut off Dalinar. I don't want to have this argument again. Before you asked me for proof that we are following the Almighty's precepts, right? All I asked for and all I want is the truth. Well, we have it already. 
I'll show you. I look forward to it, Dalinar says, walking to the door. But Kadash, in my painful experience, the truth may be simple, but it is rarely easy. Mm-hmm. Such a great line. That's really good. Dalinar crossed to the next building over and counted down the rooms. Storms, this building felt like a prison. Most of the doors hung open. See, all these little subtle things, like he's in, he's in a place, he's in, he's in the monastery. Mm-hmm. Feels like a prison to him. Yeah. So he's not really a believer kind of personality. You know no. what I'm saying? Like he's, he doesn't really belong here. It's, well, he, it's just. He never needed to. He owned no, people I know, who I know. believed on his behalf. Yeah. Right. So he didn't, he, he never has a, he doesn't have a connection to faith because he had property that did it for him. Right. So it would be, it would be interesting if that became a part of Dalinar's journey though. Right. If he, be, oh, if he became faithful, like he, be, I, yeah, I because he doesn't, that. he doesn't feel connected to it. It's, it's almost like a journey that he has yet to really discover for himself. You could argue that he's actually more connected to the almighty than any of the ardents are because he's bonded with a part of the almighty, which is the storm father. Right. Right. He's in conversation with a very small part of what the Almighty was. Right. So in in some terms, he's actually more he's more in tuned with the gods well, he, than the Ardents right. are, really. Well, he so to speak on that, yeah. Dalinar is more in a position to set things straight. Right. Like he, he's in a position where he could be, uh, I don't know, I guess an instrument for change or guidance or direction Mm -hmm. of the ardentia Hmm. because of what you just said like because he's he's intimately involved if he can if he can sort of bring the ardentia slowly along with him right as they experience these these visions and verify them and then work on the dawn chant and establish urethiru and you know going through all of this together yeah dalinar puts himself in a you know very much in a sort of a prophet Kind yeah, of a I was just going to say position. that it's, it's, it's kind of like that, right? Because he's, yeah. you know, he's saying all the things that you guys believed before, those are the old right. ways, like the old Testament, you know, right. th- these are the old ways of thinking. There is a new way of thinking now. And I have kind of a direct line to what's left of God. And he's, right. and, and it's, and God has sent I me present, these visions. Yeah. Right. I present, I yeah. present you with, I don't think with, I ever with, thought of it, of Dalinar as being a prophet type character, but it makes, it kind of makes sense. And he's definitely a reluctant I, prophet, but. I present you with new Coke. <laughs> Here's clear Pepsi. What? This is it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Nivon has been working on all along. That's what her sketches are. It's the new recipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, all right. What are you doing? Okay. Well, hang on. I'm get, getting ahead of myself. Um, all at once the truth. So yeah, he leaves him. So he's going, going through these, um, these rooms mm-hmm. one by one. It, it felt, it felt like a prison. Most of the doors hung open, revealing uniform chambers beyond. Everyone had t- a tiny window, a slab for a bed and a thick wooden floor. The ardents knew what was best for the sick. They had access to all the world's latest research in all fields. But was it really necessary to lock madmen away like this? Mm-hmm. I like that Dalinar thinks about that when he's looking at these rooms. Yeah. 
Number 37 was still bolted shut. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. Bolted shut. Most of the other rooms were opened. Right. How did, what happened to the madman? I think clearly, and we, and we know someone took him. Yeah. I think we actually read that part. In right. Words of Radiance. Yeah. Dalinar rattled the door, then threw his shoulder against it. Well, wasn't it, wasn't it, uh, um, oh, goodness. Amaran? Yeah. I, I don't remember. I think he I tried it... to. I don't remember. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I don't think it was Amaram. Okay. I think Amaram went there. Remember, uh, Shalon was hiding in the room. Yeah, Shalon. Yeah, and Amaram right. went there looking for the sh- the sword, but the the, yeah. the madman didn't have any information for him. But I think there was right. another scene where someone went and got him out, but we don't know exactly who it was. Okay. I'd like to, I'd like to read that bit again. Yeah. Maybe that's something that, uh, we'll put uh, buzzkill on. Okay. Okay. So, um, all right. So Dalinar rattled the door and then threw his shoulder against it, but it was thick. So, wow. So the Blackthorn shoulders the door with mm-hmm. the bolt and can't get it open. Yeah. I thought that was like, okay, all right. These, these are reinforced. Yeah. Um, without even thinking about it, he put his hand to his side and tried summoning his shard blade, but nothing happened. Yeah. What are you doing? The Stormfather demanded. Sorry, habit. Yeah. Because the Stormfather cannot turn into a sword. Or so we think. Pattern. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, I guess. Right. I, I, for me, you know, first time reader and all, like for me, I don't, maybe. Maybe, maybe. What, What I, what I like about that is that he put his, he's tried to summon it. And the Stormfather responded. Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I, I feel like there's a connection there. Okay. You, you feel like maybe it's possible just Dalinar hasn't done it yet. Yeah. Or the Stormfather is reluctant to become, to become a sword. I feel like I'm... Uh, I don't know. I, for some reason, the way I read it a little bit is like the Stormfather is like... Like Dalinar's like groping in the dark, trying to find a sword inside the Stormfather. And he's like, what are you doing? Like... What are you why, doing? Why, like, why are you grabbing at me like that? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing in my robes? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing there for you. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I don't know. I... Yeah. Okay. I, I was... Well, because it just, I don't know if the Stormfather is a piece of the Almighty, but the Stormfather is a Spren. Are we still, Yeah. is that still a thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, if he's a Spren, all the other Spren that we've witnessed so far have been Imagine able to. Imagine the size of the sword though. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. It would be gigantic. <laughs> the size it would of be, a country. It would, be, it would be enormous. Okay. Well, it's a, it's be a Death Star type thing. <laughs> he, he summons a Death Star. Yeah, there you go. Okay, um, what are you doing? The Stormfather says, sorry, it was, well, it's old habit. He crouched down and tried peeking under the door and then called out, suddenly horrified by the idea that they might have simply left the man in there to starve. Could that actually have happened? My powers, Dalinar said, rising. Can I use them? Binding things, the Stormfather said. How would that door open? You're a bondsmith. You bring things together. You do not divide them. And my other surge, Dalinar says, that radiant... In the vision made stone warp and ripple. You are not ready. Besides, that surge is different for you than it is for a stone ward. Hmm. So he has the same surge 
yep. as a stone ward, but the Stormfather right. says it doesn't work the same as a stone ward uses it. For you. So I wonder if this is the same for all Radiant Orders. Yes, two orders share one surge, yep. but they might use them differently. They might not be able to do the same things with oh, them. Oh, I see. What, what one can do with it, the other can't do the same things right. or slightly different. Yeah, so if two, okay. two orders have command over gravity, right? maybe one of them can fly, but the other one can't use gravity the same way. Right. I don't know. Gotcha. That's just a theory. I don't really, we don't really know very much specific stuff here, but it no, is I, interesting I like that, that Dalinar, he's saying to Dalinar, yeah, you have that sword. You're not ready to uh, surge. You're not ready to use that yet. And plus you would use it differently than they do. Yeah. You can't, what did he say? Um, you can't make stone warp and ripple. So that's not how you would use that no. surge. So that's kind of interesting. Something to look forward to in Dalinar and whether or not he can actually do that. Or yeah. what, what he can do with that search. Well, from what Dalinar could see underneath the door, there seemed to be light. And if there was light, perhaps this room had a window. So on his way out, he poked through the ardent chambers until he found an office, like Kadash's. He didn't find any keys, though the desk still had pens and ink sitting on it. They'd left in haste, so there was a good chance the wall safe contained records. But of course, Dalinar couldn't get in. He missed having his shard blade. Mm -hmm. He rounded the outside of the building to check the windows and then immediately felt silly for spending so much time trying to get through the door because somebody else had already cut a hole in the stone out here using the distinctive clean slices of a shard blade. Right. So someone so cut him out. So there's the evidence. Mm -hmm. Right. Somebody cut him out. Dalinar stepped inside the room, picking his way around the broken remnants of the wall, which had fallen inward indicating that the shard bearer had cut from the outside and he found no madman. The Ardents had likely seen this hole and moved on with their evacuation. News of the strange hole must not have filtered up to the lead Ardents. Mm -hmm. But he didn't find anything to indicate where the Herald had gone. But at least he knew a shard bearer was involved. Somebody powerful had wandered into this room, which lent even more credence to the madman's claims of being a Herald. Right. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. So who had taken him? Or had they done something to him instead? What happened to a herald's body if they died? Could someone else have gone to the same conclusion that Yasna had? Hmm. That's yeah, definitely something to think about. Maybe someone came in here what? and killed him. That's true. Yeah, that's true. As he was about to leave, Dalinar spotted something on the ground. He knelt down and shooed away a Kremling. I love that this little Kremlin is there. Is One that a clue as well? One random Kremlin. Remember we've talked about yeah. Kremlings and if their yeah. appearance... Normally they say a strange looking Kremlin. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> I think, and I think that Buzzkill Joe also thinks, because I think it's in the info dump later, yeah. that this Kremlin might be evidence that one of the sleepless were here investigating the heralds. Because remember, the, the sleepless, sleepless are the right are the Kremlings that comprise right, 
and they can right. send pieces of themselves out as scouts and then come back, right? Oh, Jack's showing me his arm. That means he's got goosey bumpies. Yeah, I do. I got a little goosey bumpy from that. So they, uh, there's no, I, mean, I have this to could, admit the, this could just be a Kremlin, but I think that I we have think to just so. go forward think thinking that evidence. Kremlings in this book are not just Kremlings anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. So, but hang on the sleepless. Can they wield a shard blade? Uh, no, I'm, I'm mm. actually, okay. So I they've investigated no because I don't room. actually really know. Oh, Why wouldn't they be able to? I don't know. A shard blade is just a magic item. A sleepless is just a person. I mean, a person comprised of a bunch of yeah. d- d- bits, but yeah. still. And, 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 it, and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. I like that a lot. That might be my, my highlight for the, the chapter just, because of now because of how cool like thinking is. about the yeah. sleepless yeah, yeah i hadn't thought about that that's really cool and and the kremlin it's funny because i i underlined it because i thought okay there's that little mention of a kremlin like it just Why keeps it coming up yeah like these little pepperings of, of kremlings in places yeah. but you're right the sleepless they could be spies that's right. right yeah mm, lies <laughs> okay yeah. lies and spies okay um okay well uh, shoot away a kremlin he kneels down and picks up a small object. It was a dart, green and yellow, with twine wrapped around it. He frowned, turning it over in his fingers, and then he looked up as he heard someone calling for him. It was Kaladin, who was out in the monastery. Dalinar approached and handed Kaladin the little dart, and asked him, You ever seen anything like this before, Captain? Kaladin shook his head. He sniffed at the tip and then raised his eyebrows. That's poison on the tip. It's Blackbane derived. Are you sure? Very. Where'd you find it? Because we know Kaladin had... That black bane leaf before, The black right? bane, the yeah. very beginning, the leaf, right? And because right? he's a so surgeon, he's... he's kind of familiar with these kinds of things, right? So Right. Mm-hmm. Where'd you find it? In the chamber that housed the Herald. Kaladin grunted. You need more time for your search? Not much, Delinar says, though it would help if you'd summon your shard blade. And there's an ellipsis indicating that I think he went to work and uh, got a few things done. A short time later, Dalinar handed Navani the records that he'd been, that he'd taken from the Ardens safe. And he dropped the dart in a pouch and handed it over as well, warning her about the poison tip. One by one, Kaladin sent them into the sky where his bridgemen caught them and used Stormlight to stabilize them. Dalinar was last, and as Kaladin reached for him, he took his captain by the arm. You want to practice flying in front of a storm, Dalinar says. Can you get to Thelena? Probably. If I lashed myself southward as fast as I can go. Well, go then, Dalinar says, and take someone with you to test flying another person in front of a storm if you want. But get to Thelen. Queen Fen is willing to join us, and I want the Oath Gate active. The world has been turning v- before our very noses, Captain. Gods and heralds have been warring and we were too focused on our petty problems to even notice. I'll go next high storm, Kaladin said, and then sent Dalinar soaring up into the air. Cool. Really cool. Yeah. it's a. I like the way so, it ends with Kaladin's involvement, and yeah, it's neat. Yeah, me too. It's, it's, I feel like Kaladin had, I guess Kaladin just want, wanted to get Dalinar so that they could get going, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, because it seemed like like Dalinar interrupted Kaladin by saying, hey, I found this dart. Can you check it out? Right. 
but it seemed like because he was calling after Dalinar. I, I half expected another conversation or something. I, from I think that he was calling Kaladin. after him because he said, are you, are you done? Do you need more time for your search? You done? It's time to right, go. Right. Right. Cause that, that's yeah. all he was calling him for. That's was it. like, it's time to go now. Well, I have to, I have to admit, um, when I first read this chapter, I thought, meh, but covering it with you as always, it's always better, right? We always do. Much we always better. do this. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really enjoy it. I'm still going to keep my, I'm going to keep my highlight as the beginning because mm-hmm. I like the, what we got there. This mm-hmm. avatar, you know, another world over die. Yeah. Like what the heck? Like it's like, the, it just keeps from my perspective, reading this, it just keeps exploding. It keeps for sure. You know, and these, it, like it keeps I said, getting to you, bigger and bigger. I think I said it to you a few episodes ago that these epigraphs just give more and more as we go. Right. So you're learning a little bit more and more as we go, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So it's opening up the, the Cosmere a little bit. So. Right. And of course, what I'm wondering is if this, this new avatar that they suggest, mm-hmm. is that a character in one of these other books? Very you know, that, possible. That other, it's very possible. And that's really, and that must've been such a great experience if you were reading this kind of in Sanderson release order, let's yeah. say. You might already um, know who they're talking about. Right. Yeah. And that would be such a delight and a treat, but I don't know that right now. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. So the, these are the kinds of things that we'll have to keep track of when we go forward and start reading those other books. Yeah. We'll have to go back. I'll have to go back and go, Hey, remember when we read that thing right. about the Avatar? Remember this? Yeah. yeah. They were referencing this. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, so it's really great. So highlight. Yeah. I don't know. Highlight for me. I don't know. We, we, we talked about some interesting little things toward the end there. Um, the sleepless. That's my highlight is the sleepless. That's, bringing that into this. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. That's like Hardy boy type stuff. Yeah. It's I really love cool. What we just it's really did. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes you look back and look forward towards these like little Kremlings and whether or not, are they in this chapter? Like, did I read something about a Kremlin? Yeah. Cause maybe that maybe, maybe something so innocuous could be kind of important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, awesome. I, I, I don't know. That's yeah. The sleepless thing, the beginning, and there might've been a few other little things. I kind of like the Dalinar being afraid of the heights thing. That was kind of fun. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, and also the conversation about you know, almost the necessity, like, it's almost like Kadash is like, listen, uh, Dalinar, you don't, what, what, what I take from, from Kadash mm-hmm. is that what he's trying to communicate to Dalinar is you don't actually want the almighty to be dead. Right. Because you don't know because what, if, what it'll mean to what you've done in your past. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Yeah. That's cool too. Yeah. Okay. Chapter 51, mm-hmm. full circle. Yeah. I like this. Uh, I like the title. Um, full circle yeah because of where moash ends up being at the end he's in a lumber yard he's going to be doing yep. ma- running siege equipment like he was just back <laughs> as the bridge runs like it's crazy i know and then i of course that actually was a highlight of mine reading about the lumber yard because i thought about the way that we read that in right. Red kings together and it's the two the, the two carpenters who are like we, ha- we had our theories about yeah. the carpenters were like the first to like notice kaladin's efforts yeah. with the men going yeah. Okay. Oh, like this, this is kind of, and it would be cool. funny if it was the same two yeah. dudes now at this lumber yard, but they were like slaves because they were Alethi slaves, and they're like, "Oh, look <laughs> at this asshole." <laughs> um. Okay. So full circle begins with another, another little tidbit here. Mm-hmm. It says, "This is all we will say at this time. If you wish more, seek these waters in person and overcome the tests that we have created." Only in this will you earn our respect. Hmm. So cryptic tests. Yeah. Earn our respect. Overcome these tests that we've created. 
This is all that we will say at this time. Does that mean that there's no more response on the next chapter uh, with regards to this <clears throat> interaction? Um, I actually don't know. We'll have to wait till I get don't know. there, I guess. We'll wait till next yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So nothing really I have to say about that. I'm curious about these tests. I'm really looking forward, if we can, to cover all of this 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 um conversation mm -hmm. this back and forth we in will. one kind of it'll be part narrative. of the uh end of the end of the book wrap up with uh Buster oh yeah joe okay. yeah we'll, we'll make sure that, to do that that'll be really interesting to mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. it'll be yeah. fun okay so we begin with the parchment on of moash's new sledge crew didn't like him and that didn't bother him because lately he didn't much like himself mm-hmm that's interesting. He didn't expect or need their admiration. He knew what it felt like to be beaten and despised. When you'd been treated as they had, you didn't trust someone like Moash. You asked yourself, what was he trying to get from you? It's even worse for these people because they trusted Kaladin and they felt betrayed by Kaladin. Yeah. So like, yeah. yeah, we're not going to fucking trust Kaladin adjacent fuck over here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Kaladin light. <laughs> <laughs> Diet Moash, Kaladin, being referred free. to as Kaladin Light is amazing. Kaladin Light, <laughs> L I T E. Like, there's got to be a different version of Stormbless that evokes that, like Moash esque ish, <laughs> like, or like you know, like you know how Kaladin, it's Kaladin Stormbless. There's got to be like a name like Stormbless that is the weaker version of the that. weaker of Stormbless. <laughs> yeah. That's like uh, the light version of it. Let's actually, you know, let's not come up with anything. Let's put that to the listeners put that and to hit the us listeners? up on the, okay. on the Reddit and see if you guys can come up with something that describes Moash as Mo, like Kaladin Stormblast, but like a light version of that. Yeah. Uh, I can't uh, wait to hear uh, the responses. Oh, I'm so close to having one, bro. Okay. Well, you keep it in your brain and we'll, we'll, we'll see if uh, it, uh, it matches up with any of the ones the, the listeners get. Okay. Um, okay, so, uh, you, uh, okay, uh, let's try that again. When you have been treated as bad as, as, as they had, they, yeah. So with the, with regarding to, with regards to trusting Moash, yeah. they're, they're hesitant and I don't blame them. No. After a few days of pulling their sledge, the landscape began to change. The open plains became cultivated hills. They passed great sweeping wards. Artificial stone ridges built by planting sturdy wooden barricades to collect creme during the storms. The creme would harden, slowly building up a mound on the stormward side. And after a few years, you raised the top of the barricade. It took generations to grow useful sizes, but here, around the oldest, most populated centers of Alfkar, they were common. And they looked like frozen waves of stone. Oh, I love this so much. Mm -hmm. And I love Sanderson for taking the time to give us this in, in the text. Yeah. I really love these bits. I love the, when he describes, gets into the landscape, yeah, the gets into the plants. And, I love it. It's, yeah. it's just so great. Um, stiff and straight on the western side, sloping and smooth on the other. In the shadows, vast orchards spread in rows, most of the trees cultivated to grow no more than the height of a man. Mm-hmm. So I kind of imagined you know, sort of like a orchard vineyard type look yeah. um, to this. The western edge of these orchards were was ragged with broken trees. Barriers would need to be erected to the west wall, or sorry, to the west as well. He expected the fused to burn the orchards, but they didn't. 
During a water break, Moash studied one of them, a tall woman who hovered a dozen feet in the air, toes pointed downward. Her face was angular than most of the other parchments. She resembled a spren, the way she hung there, an impression accented by her flowing clothing. Mm -hmm. So this imagery of the flowing clothing, I really, it brought me back to... um, uh, when in university I studied a little bit of sculpture, uh, particularly the Pieta. So it's just sort of like flowing robes always sort of generally sort of had a connotation of royalty. Right. So I find it interesting that the, these beings are they're floating, they've got this, these flowing robes behind them, and Moash is like, you know, there's something more here. They're not burning down the orchards. In right. fact... Sounds like they're trying to conserve resources. Right. You know, like maybe potentially even caring for their people, setting up a new hierarchy, maybe mm-hmm. kind of similar to what the Light Eyes had. He definitely just seems described. to be buying in a little bit here. Like he's, he's interested. Now you say buying in. So that's curious because that, would that suggest, because so for me as a first time reader, mm-hmm. right, I haven't made up my mind yet. I don't know. Like I'm delighted already that, that that the Parshmen aren't just written off as being the enemy. Right. And even, even the concept of the Voidbringers right now, I'm like, okay, well, they appear to be, I, I don't know, like, it's not, they're not just a chaotic entity hell-bent on destroying this world. Maybe I shouldn't say that Moash like, is buying in, but he, they are starting to win him over more and more because of mm-hmm. what he's seeing around him. Right. Right. I just have a feeling that maybe, I don't know, maybe the term void bringers um, doesn't belong to one group, like one team, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's more the idea. Like, okay, these, these, um, affected parchment diffused Mm -hmm. okay they don't consider themselves void bringers no do they no i mean are they are the parchment are the are the parshendi aware of the term void bringers are they aware of the religions the voranism the history we don't really know that. okay okay we haven't really had any significant povs from their side. If we get more Venli POVs, maybe we'll know more. Yeah, Venli. Oh, right. I want um, Esh and I. Yeah, I know. That's a heartbreak. Okay. Anyway, th- that's that's a thought that I'm that I'm having. What what do you think about that? Um, weird. I weird? I know too much to comment. Okay. Okay. Am I? You can't say if I'm barking up the right tree or the wrong tree or the. Can't really say much. Okay. Oh, you're being very stoic on that one. I am. Ooh. Look at me. I'm Jeez, like look at you. Here. Damn. All right. You're shutting me down. Okay. Well, anyways. I like um, what you're saying though. I like what you're saying. I just can't really comment too much. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it just, I don't know. Like I'm, I mean, it could be as simple as the void bringers are what they are and it's, it's, that's the enemy and that's who you fight. And that's, you know, that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moash being on that side and I don't know it's just I don't know I have a feeling that that uh, it's somehow not as 
What was Dalinar saying about the truth? It's it's not uh, not easy. It's not simple. It's not easy. It, it, it might be simple, simple, but it's not easy. But it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. So maybe something like that. Okay. Um, the western edge of the orchard is ragged. He expected the fuse to burn them, but he, but they weren't burning them. Then he sees this female flowing flowing robes. Moash leaned back against his sledge and took a pull on the water. Nearby, an overseer watched him and the parchment of his crew. She was new, a replacement for the one that he had punched. A few more of the fused passed on horses, trotting the beasts with obvious familiarity. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Obvious familiarity with horses. Hmm. That variety doesn't fly, he thought. They can raise the dark light around themselves, but it doesn't give them lashings. Something else. He glanced back at the one nearest him, the one hovering. But that type almost never walks. It's the same kind that captured me. He's noticing that there are different types of fused. Yeah. That they're not all the hmm. same. Kaladin wouldn't have been able to stay aloft as long as they as long as these did. He would run out of stormlight. That's an interesting observation. Mm-hmm. What is it about them that enables them to hover in perpetuity? Don't know. Don't know yet, anyways. She's studying those orchards, right? Moash thought. She looks impressed. Mm-hmm. See, I love this. I loved this when I read it. Mm-hmm. I like any hints that are breaking the convention right? of writing them off as void bringers and you're, you're the, they, the whole time Kaladin was with the Parshman and the whole time Moash is with the Parshman. It's been doing that. Exactly. It's been breaking what we were told previously about, about them. Yeah. I want Yasna to get in on this. Mm -hmm. All right. She turned in the air and soared off long clothing rippling behind her. I love this. I love this, this long, long clothing thing. Those overlong robes would have been impractical for anyone else, but for a creature who almost always flew, the effect was mesmerizing. Right. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, royalty, even it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of godlike. It's, it's, it's got definitely accentuates their, their like majesty and stuff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, this isn't what it was supposed to be like, Moash said. Nearby, one of the parchment grunted, tell me about it, human. Moash glanced at the man who had settled down in the shade of their lumber-laden sledge. The parchment was tall, had rough hands, dark skin and lines of red on his, on his face, I'm guessing. The others had called him Saw, a simple Alethi dark-eyes name. Moash nodded his chin toward the Voidbringers. They were supposed to sweep in relentlessly, destroying everything in their path. They're literally incarnations of destruction. And, Saw asked, Well, and that one is pleased to find these orchards over here. They only burned a few towns. They seem intent on keeping Revelar, working it. Moash shook his head. This was supposed to be an apocalypse, but you don't farm an apocalypse. Right. That's a good point. And... It's my highlight. You don't farm an apocalypse. You don't farm an apocalypse is my new Screamo band name. Screamo? My 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 new Screamo <laughs> band name. You don't you don't farm an apocalypse. That's like my <laughs> my new band name. 
Cool. I like it. Um, Saw grunted again. He didn't seem to know any more about this than Moash did, but why should he? He'd grown up in a rural community in Althkar. Everything that he had known about history and religion, he would have had filtered through the human perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. This is a great just point. Like all, just like all of this with the Voidbringers. Well, just it's, like everything, right? Through the I human know. perspective, the Alethi perspective, right. the Lightite perspective, the Ardentius perspective. So here's what I'll, what I'll drop. Have we seen Voidbringers? What do you like, mean? Do we even, are they even here yet? That's my point. This yeah. term Voidbringers are, has been being used to describe these fused, mm-hmm. to describe Parshendi, really. It could just be as simple as the fact that humans use that to explain something they didn't understand and right. they just You're don't the understand other. what these people are. Right. I mean, Voidbringers could just be literally a term too, right? Like it doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily need to stick to, to these people, these, these, these new people, these fused. Okay. Okay. You shouldn't speak so casually about the fused human, Saw says. Mm-hmm. They are dangerous. Don't know about that, Moash says, as two more passed overhead. I love this too, that they're flying around. Mm-hmm. Imagine these robed figures, just toes f- pointed yeah. down. Like it's just, it's marvelous. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I killed. Went down easy enough, though I don't think she was expecting me to be able to fight back. He handed his water skin to the overseer as she came around for for them, and then he glanced back at Saw, who was staring at him slack-jawed. Mm-hmm. And Moash thinks, I probably shouldn't have mentioned killing one of their gods. Moash thought, walking to his place in line. His place in line was last closest to the sledge so he stared at a sweaty parchment back all day they started up again and moash expected another long day's uh, work these orchards meant kolinar itself was a little over a day's hike he figured the voidbringers would push them hard to reach the capital by nightfall but he was surprised when the army diverged from the direct route and they wove between some hillsides until they reached a town one of the many suburbs of Kolinar. He couldn't recall the name, but the tavern had been nice and welcoming to Caravaneers. Mm-hmm. Clearly, there were other Voidbringer armies moving through Alcar because they'd obviously seized the city days, if not weeks ago. Parshmen already were patrolling it, and the humans were already working the fields. Right. So I love this too. <clears throat> this is, you know, it's funny, like... It just seems like opportunity to me so far mm-hmm. with the Voidbringers, the Everstorm. It's like, well, this is what we would do in response to what you've done. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing no different in terms of conquering lands and mm-hmm. taking resources. So yeah. I guess we'll do right? the same. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so clearly there were other Voidbringer armies moving through here. They they have the humans working the fields. The Voidbringers surprised Moash yet again by selecting some of the wagon pullers and setting them free. They were the weaklings, the ones who had fared worst on the road. The overseers sent them trudging toward Kalinar, which was still too far off to see. And Moash thinks, are they trying to burden the city with refugees? Ones that aren't fit to work or fight anymore? It's a really good tactic. Send all these hungry, incapable people into the city making 
it harder your, for the humans who are defending weaker. the city, right, to feed and yeah. to house all these people. I do like the idea, though, that Moash is heading to Kolinar, mm-hmm. and so is Kaladin soon. I know. I know. It, it is going to... Oh, like th- This mission has... Um, it has everything. I, I can imagine it a little bit like a Mission Impossible uh, scenario, right? right. Like you, you've, you've got the Radiance going in for different reasons, and they'll have their different powers and different mm-hmm. uh, strategies. Yep. Um, we don't really know the full thread of what's inside. We don't know so anything. all that to uncover. All communications and, have been cut, yep. Right. And then you've got this outside force that is getting closer that wants to take the city as well. So what does that mean then? The Voidbringers are going towards Kolinar. Mm-hmm. They're they're putting themselves into a siege position, which means the Voidbringers then don't already have control of Kolinar. That's a very good observation. So then who and what is going on in Kolinar? In Kolinar. Exactly my point. Yeah, that's exactly what we're, we've been, uh-oh, Jack has shown me an arm. Goosebumped arm. <laughs> well, it's just, I've been thinking about it for a while now. It's just... What is going on in Kolinar? Like, it seems, I will say this, it, information from inside of Kolinar seems to be of the utmost importance. If it, if I had been Dalinar, it would have been my first mission to send someone into Kolinar immediately. Right. Like that, and, and it would not have been a mission. It Mm -hmm. would not have been, you know, uh, uh a sizable force. No, no, no. I would have selected, you know, it's reconnaissance only it's intelligence gathering. That's it. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of surprised that it's, that it's, um, a bit more mobile in its makeup in terms of, because I think that would have been a great thing to learn first is what's going on. Right. Right. Anyway, we'll see. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. It's cool. (laughs) Um, Okay, they're dangerous, right, surprised, uh, the army arrived, Moash again, selecting some of the wagon pullers, yeah, setting them free. I do like this, I like that in this chapter, Moash is constantly surprised by the Voidbringers. Right. Um, they're trying to burden the city with these refugees. They wouldn't attack the city immediately. The Voidbringers would rest their armies, prepare, and besiege. Hmm. In his youth, he'd wondered why there weren't any suburbs closer to Kolinar, but then, because there were these these empty flats, mm-hmm. but the purpose now was clear, because if you were going to get close to the Kolinar walls, this is the closest that you could put your army. Mm-hmm. You couldn't camp in the city's shadow because you'd be swept away by the storms. It's very open. Right. So it was a strategy. There are no suburbs around sure. Kolinar. It's a protection thing. Mm-hmm. Love this. Yeah. I love this little point. And also, it it by making it clear it also gives you a great visual of this landscape and right. what's required and you can see armies coming you could see that yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay they actually passed the tavern that he preferred while in this this suburb town it was called the fallen tower interesting uh name mm-hmm. the tower of Urthiru, the fallen Ooh. tower mm. a little foreshadowing right. maybe maybe um, he could see the glyph etched into the leeward stone. Finally, his crew was called to a halt, and he let go of the rope, stretching his hands and letting out a relieved sigh. They'd been sent to a large open ground near some warehouses, where parchment were cutting lumber. 
a lumberyard, mm-hmm. he thought. When he felt, then he felt stupid. After hauling wood all of this way, what else would he expect? A lumberyard, like those back in the war camps, and he started laughing. Don't be so jovial, human, spat one of the overseers. You're to spend the next few weeks working here, building siege equipment. When the assault happens, you'll be at the front, running a ladder towards Kolinar's infamous walls. Moash laughed even harder. It consumed him. It shook him. He couldn't stop. He laughed helplessly until, short of breath, he dizzily laid back on the hard stone ground, tears leaking down the sides of his face. (laughs) He had just ended up back where he started. Right. Full circle. Yeah. That's kind of where the chapter ends in a way, like full circle. It's kind of like, that's it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's another POV then here. There's this, there's I a know, Sean POV, there's a, which is great. I was, but do you have a little micro highlight f- uh, for this uh, Moash part? You <sighs> like the, the fact that he's impressed and surprised, right? I do. I am enjoying, I am enjoying and have been enjoying since this whole thing began with the Parshman, the undemonizing of them. Mm-hmm. That's what I like yeah. a lot. So I do like, but I've been enjoying that for a, for, for a lot, for, for a while now, because Kaladin kind of got it going. Yeah. I kind of wish it was Yasna. Yeah, I know. You because, be, because only, only because she purports to be such a great um, academic. Mm-hmm. And so rather than just be- believing in things or substantiating claims that maybe you have a proclivity to believing already. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just seek the truth. It's not going to be convenient. You know, it doesn't care how you feel, just, right. but seek it anyway, right? So, um, but anyways, regardless of that, um, yeah, you're right. I do enjoy that part of this chapter. Uh, I love the full circle. I love the name. The highlight is, Great. is the name too. It, 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 and the lumberyard. I mean, when, mm-hmm. when you and I were yeah, covering, for sure. it's, it brought back it's a right memory. back in that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So that was really great for mm-hmm. me. So, so far there's a lot of little peppering highlights, yeah. but you sound like you have another highlight. Yeah. My, my micro highlight is the fact that Moash is sort of clocking the differences mm. between these fused. This person can yes. fly. Doesn't seem like Taking they're running note. out of energy like Kaladin would. This one mm-hmm. doesn't fly. They walk only, but they're still, they still have a uh, dark light surrounding them. So yeah, there's, there's not just one type. There's many different types or at least. He's clocking that there are different types, maybe not many, but there's some different types of these fused. So Moa, I like that Moash is thinking like in that way, you know what I mean? Know okay, your enemy type the, way. But what, okay. But know your enemy. What's he, what's he really, uh, tabulating this for though? Mm. Is he tabulating it to be able to put himself in a position to be able to use it for his advantage? Or is he keeping tabs of it because bridge four will win out and this will give him and ultimately, the other radiance, intel. Right. Important I, intel. I don't think there's any um, evidence of that. I just think that it's really cool that Moash is taking notice of it. Yeah. Regardless of what, what he uses it in the future, he is taking notice of it. And I think He's that's really cool. He's taking note. Yeah. Almost like Kaladin's training, though, in a way. Yeah, right? a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay. We do have a POV change. Mm-hmm. Or... or Scene change too, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have investigated this woman, Marais's newest letter to Shalon read. So this letter from Marais says, Ishna has 
overinflated her importance to you. She was indeed involved in espionage for House Hamaradin, and she told you, as she told you, but she was merely an assistant to the true spies. Mm-hmm. We have determined that she is safe to al- allow close to you, though her loyalties should not be trusted too far. If you eliminate her, we will help cover up the disappearance at your request, but we have no objection to you retaining her services. This is really cool, man. We've looked her up. <laughs> She's good. She's t- kind of lied to you a little bit, so be aware of that. If you want right. to kill her, we'll be there to help you dispose well, of the body, but otherwise you can right? use her as you want. Fuck me, dude. That's Crazy. awesome. Crazy. Yeah. Shalon sighed, settling back in her seat where she waited out King Elikar's audience chamber. She found this paper unexpectedly in her satchel. So much for hoping Ishna had information about the ghost bloods that she mm-hmm. could use. The letter practically boiled with possessiveness. They would allow Ishna to mm-hmm. come close to her. Storms, they acted like they owned her already. Well, careful, Shalon. Yeah. You could become a possession. Yep. You could become someone else's trinket. It's true. She shook her head, then rummaged in her satchel, taking out a small sphere pouch. It would look unremarkable to anyone inspecting it, for they wouldn't know that she had actually transformed it. It was a simple illusion. Though it appeared violet, it was actually white. And the interesting thing about it, not the illusion itself, but was how she was powering it. She'd practiced before with attaching an illusion to pattern or to a location, but she'd always needed to power it with her stormlight. But this one, she'd attached the illusion to a sphere inside the pouch. She was going on four hours now with the light weaving needing no extra stormlight. She needed only to create it and then affix it to a sphere. And slowly, the light had been draining from the sapphire mark. Just like a fabrial draining its gemstone, she'd even felt, sorry, left the pouch alone in her rooms when going out, and the illusion had still been in place when she returned. Cool, right? This had begun as an experiment that she used to help Dalinar create the illusory maps of the world. Um, now, however, she was seeing all kinds of possible applications. Mm-hmm. So this will be a cool technology, right? Like a new... This will be... It's, she's, she's literally advancing it like kind of exponentially right now by just practicing and just doing things before she created an illusion because she breathed in stormlight. Then she expended Mm -hmm. that stormlight and created an illusion and she could put it on a wall or put it on pattern if she wanted it to move. Mm -hmm. But now she's realizing that she doesn't even need to use her own stormlight. She can use like a brome, like a really powerful gem and then make that illusion to that gem and then it feeds off itself while she can keep the stormlight inside of her mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. she's got it's really really cool man this reminds me of the clever use of our good friend chris uh in terms of spell usage yes yes looking like, at the spell reading it and going hey i can reading, use this going, a little how, differently how yeah. can i use this in what way yeah I, yeah which it's is very cool which is a lot of fun um okay but this she's done this so that this way she can leave Urthiru yeah. and go on this mission and then right. Dalinar can still have the light map. Yes. Yeah. It's still up. Yeah. I know. It's really, it's, really it's, neat. Uh, it's, it's pretty clever. Um, the door opened and she dropped the pouch back into her satchel. A master servant ushered a few merchants of, out, out of the king's presence. Then the servant bowed to Shalon, waving her in. 
She stepped hesitantly into the audience chamber, a room with a fine blue and green rug, stuffed with furniture. Diamonds shone from lamps, and Elokar had ordered the walls painted, obscuring the strata. The king himself was in a blue colon uniform, was unrolling a map onto a large table at the side of the room. Uh, was there another, Helt? He asked the master servant. I thought I was done for the... He trailed off as he turned towards Brightness, and he says, Brightness Shalon, were you waiting out there? You could have seen me immediately. I didn't want to be a bother, Shalon said, stepping over to, to him as the master servant prepared refreshment. The map on the table showed Kolinar, a grand city which seemed every bit as impressive as Vedinar. Papers in a pile beside it looked to have a final report from span reads in the city, and a wizened ardent sat near them, ready to read for the king or take notes at his request. Mm-hmm. I think we're almost ready, the king says. The delay has been nearly insufferable, but requisite, I'm sure. Captain Kaladin did want to practice flying other people before bringing my royal person. I can respect that. He'd asked me to fly with him above the storm to Thalen City, Shallan said, to open the oath gate. He's overly worried about dropping people, but if he does that to me, I'll have stormlight of my own and should survive the fall. So Dalinar just asked him, can you fly to Thalen City at the head of a storm? Right. Right. And he said, yeah, I'll do it next high storm. And then he's already yeah. asked Shallan in between chapters here, will you come with me? Right. Because if I, if I take you and for some reason I drop you, you can suck in stormlight and survive. Right. So that's cool. They're going to do like a little duo, a little side mission here. Just the two of them. <laughs> Let's hope we get it. Mm-hmm. I hope we get it. Excellent. Elkar says, yes, it's a fine solution. But then you didn't come here to talk about this. What is your request of me? Actually, Shallan says, could I talk to you in private for a moment, Your Majesty? He frowned, but then ordered his people to step out into the hallway. When two guards from the Bridge 13 hesitated, I do like that the fact that they hesitated. Because mm-hmm. they're just doing their job. I love it. Um, the king says, she's a knight radiant. What do you think is going to happen to me? I thought this was very... Um, very funny because Kaladin is a Knight Radiant and he almost got Elokar killed. Right. So like this line here speaks of the past a little bit. Well, she's a Knight Radiant. What do you think will happen? Well, just because someone's a Knight Radiant doesn't necessarily mean they won't get you killed, bro. (laughs) I'll say it, you know, that's the, that's, I think therein lies the true definition of what a Voidbringer is. Okay. You're, you're really stuck any- on this Voidbringer thing, eh? I am a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's, I guess it's my latest little, little thing I keep thinking about. It's okay. No, I, I want you. I'm, gl- I'm me, glad that my, you are. I just, I'm just pointing it out. The term, the term is kind of, it's, it's out there, but it's also nebulous. Like there, it's like, um, it's like, it's like the tail on, on, on the donkey. It's like, like you're trying to pin it onto one thing, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's a term that is, it's more it's more insidious than that. I think a void bringer can come from anywhere. Okay. That's my take okay. so far from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. It yeah. could be just as simple as, you know, the fused or the fused. That's there. You know, you've got the goodies who are, tr- you know, Dalinar is trying to align the goodies together against the baddies. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I, I can get behind that too. Like little licorice candy, like the goodies? <laughs> I do like me some goodies. <laughs> they're, they're, I don't think they're that popular, but yeah. I, I rock a goodie. Yeah. <laughs> they filed out. Uh, Shalon took a deep breath. Oh, yeah. <gasps> and then changed her face yeah, in dude. front of Belicar. Yeah, dude. Not to that of Veil or of Radiant. Not one of her secrets. Yeah. But instead to an illusion of Adolin. It was still surprisingly uncomfortable for her to do it right in front of someone. She'd still been telling most people that she was of the else callers, like Yasna, mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't know of her ability to become other people. Elicard jumped. Ah, he says, that's right. Your Majesty, Shalon said, changing her face and body to look like that of a cleaning woman. I'm worried that your mission will not be as simple as you think. The letters out of Kolinar, the last ones they'd gotten, were frightened, worried things. They spoke of riots, of darkness, of spren taking form and hurting people. This is some of the newest information we get as readers about what's happening about in Kolinar. What? Right. The spren. Riots, we knew from that interlude that we read. Darkness. Darkness of spren taking form and hurting people. Yeah, taking form. Yeah. What does that mean? Like we, we don't know. This into... is literally the smallest of nuggets that we've, we've never... We've, this is the most information we've ever had. Right. You just ask, what is happening in Kolinar? If the Void... If the, uh, the Voidbringers, if the Parshendi army are attacking, are going to go attack Kolinar, and we don't have any communication with people in Kolinar, what's happening in Kolinar? This is the smallest of nuggets. So could it be that even among Spren then? So like the complexity of of Roshar with regards to the human populations, which are all very different and they're all sort of competing and fighting for resources and land and and then involving the Parshendi who are also exhibiting a similar level of complexity and hierarchy Mm -hmm. and use of resources. Some of them have great power, some of them don't. They get put into places. You're a light eyes, you're a dark eyes. um, So could the Spren be of similar, like... Like the spren could be similar yeah, we in that way. They have, they have hierarchies. We do, we do know that exists. We do know that's true. Yeah. In Shadesmar. In Shadesmar. Not in the physical world. Well, okay, yeah, right. That so something, line, something's happening in this city, dude, and mm. yet again, it's another little thing that's making you want us to get to Kolinar. Yes, Like, this course. is all just, like, teasing you. Like, yeah, I know you want wait, it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what? Hang on. I just realized something. We're, we're heading to the end of part two, right? Yeah, we're, we're very close to the end of part two. So we're not going to get this mission in part two. We are not. You are right. Oh, oh you confirm it. Well, because See? you just found, we just found out that Kaladin and Shalon have to go to Thalen City first. I know. Before that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. See? And you just said, I hope we get that mission. Well, you can't have that mission and, yeah, and yeah, the other yeah, mission yeah. too. I just realized that probably it's going to be part three that Might maybe be the deals with this mission. Maybe. If the mission is kicked into part four, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. So Shalon changes her face to that of a soldier, 
Yeah. I've been preparing a team of spies, she explains to Elokar. Yeah. Specializing in infiltration and information gathering, I've been keeping my focus quiet for obvious reasons. I would like to offer my services for your mission. Mm-hmm. I'm not certain, Elokar says, if Dalinar would want me taking two of his radiance away from him. I'm not accomplishing much for him sitting around here, Shallan says. Besides, is it his mission or is it yours? <laughs> Some so, manipulation right here. So Shallan is, this is an interesting maneuver from Shallan. And uh, the thing that I'm most, because I'm a nervous Nelly. Yeah. Um, that I'm most nervous about is her trust in Elokar. Right. I would That's say, I would say to Shalon, Shalon, your Yasna is showing. <laughs> when she, your when Yasna she, is showing? Yeah, when she's manipulating Elokar like this, this is a Yasna move, is it not? Yeah, kind of. It, but, but she's manip, like, the thing that I don't like about it is that she's revealed her powers. Right. And she's trusting Elokar with it. And she's trusting Elokar with Elokar that. But I think Elokar knew, because when she, he, he goes, ah, oh, that's right. He was right. startled when she changed her face, but then he's like, oh, that's right. So he has, you know, Dalinar and his yeah. mother, Navani, who knows, who could have told him. Right. So it seems like he know, knew about her abilities already, but maybe right. didn't consider how much of an asset she could be in this mission. Um, my mission, the king says, but let's not fool ourselves. If he didn't want you to go, I'm not his subject, she says, and not yours either, at least not yet. Mm -hmm. I'm my own woman. You tell me. What happens if you get to Kolinar and the Oathgate is held by the enemy? Are you going to let the bridgeman just fight his way in? Or might there be a better option? She changed her face to that of a parsh woman that she sat, sorry, that she had, that she had sketched from her, from her, um, that she, how does it, how was it put? She changed her face to that of a parsh woman she had from her older sketches. There you right. go. Elokar nodded, walking around her. A team of, um, a team you say of spies? Interesting. A short time later, Shallan left the room carrying a formal royal request hmm. to Dalinar for Shallan's aid on the mission. Kaladin had said he felt comfortable bringing six people other than a few bridgemen who could fly on their own. Adolin and Elokar would leave room for four others. She tucked Elokar's request into her safe pouch beside the letter from Marais. I just need to be away from this place, Shallan thought. I need to be away from them, and from Yasna, at least until I can figure out what I want. Mm -hmm. A part of her knew what she was doing. It was getting harder for her to hide things in the back of her mind and ignore them now that she'd spoken ideals. Instead... She was fleeing. Mm -hmm. But she could help the group going to Kolinar, and it did feel exciting, the idea of going into the city and finding the secrets there. She wasn't only running. She'd only be helping Adolin reclaim his home. Pattern hummed from her skirts, and she hummed along with him. And Pattern hums when she's lying. Right. And so that she, is she, my She'd also be helping Adolin reclaim his home. Right. Personally, for me, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what does she want? I'm not sure. It's a fight or flight, bro. She's f she's flighting. She's fleeing. She's she said it's but getting also, harder she wants and to harder to hide the things in the back of her mind and ignore them. 
right? And also she wants to find out, figure out what she wants, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of curious that that seems to align with putting herself right beside Kaladin. And Adolin. I know, I'm just saying. Triangles, romantic triangles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, What's so, your highlight from this? Yeah, you got a little highlight for this uh, little Shalon part here? Um, For this little Shalon part, yeah. I mean, well, my highlight is how nervous I feel about her revealing the power so clearly. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish she'd held on to that card. And yeah, and I'm not quite so sure where the... I guess it. I, I guess. I guess it's. It's important for her to feel like an island, mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to be beholden to Dalinar. Just doesn't want to be beholden to anyone. No. I mean, it's kind of like she's on a trajectory to becoming like like a character like Marais or leader of the Ghostbloods. It's it's like, like she's she, being she wants pulled to be. in so many different ways yeah. while still trying to be herself. Right. Yeah, this bard is going to be stretched thin. I think. Yeah. My little highlight for this is the same as yours, but the reverse. I actually like that she shows Elkar all this. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that she trusts the king. Because the king needs it. this confidence. Yeah. We know that he needs something. This whole mission is about him feeling good about himself for doing something right. for his people. And Shalon right. trusting him with this, I feel like helps that along a little bit. You know? Yeah, you're right. I you're I, right. I just like it. I I like Elokar. I know that we've had this conversation back in Words of Radiance. I feel I felt really sorry for him, even though right. he's kind of a sack I of tried shit sometimes. The whole thing. Yeah, he's at least he's trying, he's and trying, I can really right. appreciate that. And I yep. like that Shalana's sharing it with him. Makes him feel more important. And maybe you know yeah. you fake it till you make it. You know. So I don't know. I I like it. I like it for the same reason, but opposite for the same reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I'm just on shaky ground is all, you know, yeah. like it, it, it could turn out that this was exactly the right move. Yeah. But I'll agree with that when I, when I read it. Right. <laughs> you know. So yeah. Um, let's get to, uh, um, info dumperies. An info dump. So, uh, thanks again to Buzzkill Joe for doing the info dump. We really appreciate it. Uh, chapter 50, uh, brightness. Jasali is the lady that was kind of left in charge of the mm-hmm. colon war camp. Um, Insa is the ardent who was kind of in charge of the mental treatment facility. And uh, at the oh, end yeah. there, Kaladin helped helps, the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kaladin helps Dalinar take her notes from Mm -hmm. the safe so maybe those notes will come back um in future chapters when they're trying to figure out some stuff about tone um falilar valinar needs to see it he will be able to say whether or not it would be built um uh, um, buzzkill here has a he is an old engineer and he was actually in words of radiance and helped navani with her archer towers that she created very cool yeah so there's a little bit of history with him um, the, uh, the thing that he, we, we already mentioned, we kind of talked about is this idea of the Alethi religion and, and its importance on culture. Dalinar doesn't need to be religious because he owns people who are religious for him. It's, um, it's really weird that he has this quote here. Everyone liked the, the, the system they had. The light eyes got to live without guilt always confident that they were active, the active manifestations of God's will. The dark eyes got free access to training in a multitude of skills and the ardents got to pursue scholarship. So like it, it seems to work for everyone, 
But that's only if you are the people at the top that didn't have the guilt. Do you, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure the dark guys aren't like, yay, free access to training. This is what we've always wanted. <laughs> so that's pretty right. funny. And then uh, he also has here the um, the Kremlin. Uh, he knelt down and he shoot away the Kremlin. He's like, um, there was a recent high storm, but this might likely be a sleepless keeping an eye and tabs on town. So thank you for Buzzkill for pointing that out. That's really, really cool. Um, so yeah, chapter 51, full circle. Um, the Fallen Tower uh, is a tavern in the Kolinar suburbs, which is really cool. Maybe one day we'll get to go drink at the Fallen Tower. Um <laughs> Elikar's master servant is named Helt, not to be confused with Felt, who was a colon scout earlier in the series. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, Shallan's new way of using her illumination power, which is really, really cool. Um, it'll allow Dalinar to keep the light map going while she's away, which is awesome. And um, we got a little bit of information from what... Moash was able to notice about these different types of fused. The flying fused wouldn't, uh, he says, he says that Kaladin wouldn't be able to stay aloft because he'd run out of stormlight. So we're not sure what that means for how these fused are able to do these surges, but they don't seem to run out of the ability to do so. So yeah. Um, and he also has here that, um, pattern and her hummed, as the ch- end of the chapter. And he says, what a great right. way to end the chapter. And it really is. So yeah, thanks the, again to Buzzkill Joe for putting together mm-hmm. this information for us. We really appreciate you, bro. And everything that you do for us. Um, yeah. So that's the episode, everyone. The next chapters that we are covering are chapters 52 and 53. We're only doing two chapters. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's no, no little surprise that you could, if you wanted to take a look at the next chapter, you can, 52. the only thing that it gives After away is that it is another flashback. Oh, 18 and a half years ago. Yeah. Wow. So we get a little bit of a skip forward from the last one. I think the last one was 22 yeah. years ago. So there's yeah. like a four year or so gap in the middle there. Right. Um, right. so we're going to see last time we left Dalinar off in the, uh, the past was that, um, his brother Gavilar, the King said he'd be sending him to war with Herdaz and then with Yakaved because we right. had to flex our muscle to teach the, uh, the high princes that we still have the ability to do so. Um, right. so yeah, so, uh, really interesting, uh, ep- uh, chapters coming up. Um, yeah. So if you want to, uh, be part of the conversation and be part of the community that we are building here on the discord, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of and get the discord link. If you sign up for any one of the, uh, the tiers, you'll get the discord link. And depending on where you are, if you're in the second tier, you get a, um, a, a gift sent to you by Craftmaster Mike with some really good, there's some nice goodies in there. And, uh, depending on what you pick, uh, there's different things going on. So, um, if you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of and be part of the whole gang. Uh, we are not going to read Patreon names today because I have a um, situation with my kids I have to get to. So um, that'll be um, <laughs> upcoming right now in the next like two minutes. <laughs> um, if you want to reach out to us, as we asked earlier, to give us your best Kaladin Stormblessed type name for Moash, but make it like Kaladin <laughs> Light, like some kind of like really hilarious name. If you can come up with something really fun, uh, you can send it to us at heroesofcathra at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at heroes of one. You can reach out on the, at the storm pod on Instagram. Um, probably one of the 
places that we're going to get the most responses is on the subreddit, uh, on, right, right. uh, on the, on the Reddit, or you can do so on, uh, on the Facebook page too. So yeah, reach out to us. We always love hearing your stuff and we will try to include, um, any pieces of information you send to our way, like a fact check, like we got from idiot wanderer earlier about, uh, Renarin's chain. So thanks Renarin's a lot to, chain. uh, idiot yeah. wanderer for sending us out that, uh, that information. We, uh, we really yes, appreciate thanks it. Thanks very much. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We love you very much. Until next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Akathra. <laughs>